Welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are still in the middle of fantasy month for the month of June over here on the podcast, but also on the website over at fullybooked.ca. So you guys can head over there and check out everything that we're talking about. Um, But today we are jumping into an adaptation that I think doesn't get enough credit maybe Not credit's the attention. wrong word attention thank yeah, you maybe yeah credit's the wrong word who doesn't but it also doesn't get enough credit when you look at the imdb like, no that's true yeah. that's true yeah i know i think we're i think we talk about that in the episode mm. too um but all of that's to say that today we're talking about the 2007 adaptation of neil gaiman's novel stardust um starring uh, also see another reason that i don't understand why this movie doesn't get more attention starring charlie cox and claire danes and robert de niro and michelle pfeiffer and that other chick who's on coronation street that i don't know her name (laughs) doesn't matter (laughs) mark strong like all of these all of these people are in this movie and i'm surprised that it doesn't get more love. Well, it's one of those movies that as you're watching it, you're like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, that person. Oh, I guess yeah, so, that yeah. One. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe it's just like everything in fantasy these days is a series and not a standalone. Yeah. So maybe it just like gets lost in the shuffle of things. Could be. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. But we're going to talk about it because we both really enjoy this movie and I haven't revisited it in a very long time, but Shireen does so all the time. <laughs> so that you can really tell because she remembers many more of the details than I do. Well, Shireen has about six movies that she watches on rotation yeah. every year. <laughs> Those are just your regulars that you go back to. Meanwhile, I'm always like, have we seen, are we watching something we've never watched before like that's what I'm usually looking for unless I'm showing you something Mm -hmm. the cat's breathing into the microphone right now (laughs) moon cake go Go away away. oh boy okay this is a giggly mess of an intro but we're gonna get into the movie right now so let's talk about 2007's adaptation of Stardust have you seen a fallen star anywhere we're in a crater. This must be where it fell. Yeah, this is where I fell. You're the star. You're the star? Really? Oh, wow. You've seen stories of magical worlds. <laughs> wicked witches. <clears throat> flying pirates. And dashing princes. <laughs> But never has there been an adventure quite like this. Everyone's talking about a fallen star. When I find her, the glory of our youth shall be restored. This is the part where you tell me who you are and why you're up here. We're just trying to make our way out. Okay, so Stardust, released in 2007. now currently has a score of 7.6 out of 10 on imdb and 77 percent on rotten tomatoes i guess i'll accept that i mean it's okay it could be higher it could be higher it was a great movie i think this movie deserves higher than that i do yeah so i mean where do we start with this i think we both love this movie already it's Mm. i know it's one of your go-to's anyway but i haven't I haven't watched it in like a, at least five or six years I'm pretty sure so it's nice to revisit a movie that I actually enjoy <laughs> as yeah. well and not just you know revisit something and be like oh I forgot I hated this no it's just so much fun it all is. the way through um it's 
a star-studded cast mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, and it's just like one of those movies that like, you know, it's not I don't know. It the whole way through it's just a lot of fun. Like it is. it's just a really fun adventure and it's got something in it for everybody, I would say. Yeah, it's a great fun fantasy standalone. It's not yeah. part of a series, so you can just, you know, it has a beginning, middle, and end. There's no nothing's left really like unresolved or mm. whatnot. The story finishes and you can just enjoy it for what it is, which I think is really fun. Yeah, and um, while both of us have read the book, we both realize that we've forgotten a oh lot my God, about yeah. it. It's been a really long time since I've read it as well. Mm. I think it might have been like maybe when I started college or something. So that mm. would have been like 2006 or seven. So just when the movie came out then. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think, it was, ar- I think it was around the time. I might have read it even right after I saw the movie mm. or something. It's been, it's been a long time. I think I came across this movie like a few years after it came out and I had oh. no idea what it was about. Oh it was God. like playing on TV or something and I remember watching the whole thing and being like, oh, this is great. Oh, I love this. This is right up my street. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Um, the If you think about the book, those of you who have read it, it's got more of um, a very typical like fairy tale-esque feel to it. Yeah, I think the movie definitely took a more modern spin on the events and sort of how the story plays out, what the characters do, Mm -hmm. um, and what kind of like winds up, like what the end game of everything is as well. Yeah, so it's the story of um, Tristan. Uh, In the book, he's named Tristran. Um, That would have been really hard to do. I think they probably changed that for the film, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. Um, And, well, he's the main character, but the story, the movie starts with actually his father, who is Ben Barnes. Yeah, oh my God. OG. We were sitting there, and Shereen's just like, shit, who is that? And I was like, it's what's his face from like Shadow and Bone and stuff. And she was like, oh my God, it is. It's Caspian. Yeah. Um, it's Ben Barnes, who, according to according to trivia online, was actually originally who they were leaning towards for Tristan's character because mm. they said he was quote unquote like more handsome. Mm. So they thought he would be a good choice for the role. But the director Matthew Vaughn, he wanted a virtual unknown at the time because Mm. he wanted somebody with a face that wasn't super well known so that they could go from being like a big dork Mm. to kind of like more sure of themselves Mm. and more suave more easily good job yeah no that's it and I think I I think that was really smart I think they pulled it off well I mean it was still fun because you were like that's Ben Barnes that's so fun he's only there for like five minutes I know it's too bad but um so Ben Barnes at the beginning he's um a you know, about 17, I would say. And he's from a town called Wall. Wall. Um, and this town is surrounded by a wall, which... Uh, <laughs> Very which, fitting. <laughs> which basically, um, from the town's perspective, is only a div- kind of dividing the town from a giant field. And so mm-hmm. he um, gets across Wall. Uh, there's a guard who's there who tries to stop him, but he can't. <laughs> like a 90-year-old man. Yeah. Um, and so he goes and he realizes that it's a whole other world when he gets across this wall. And so he's in this market town. And, and it's like, I think like, you know, the sort of realm on the other side is more of like the human realm where Wall is. So nobody mm-hmm. has any magical abilities. But when he gets there, there's like a marketplace and there are witches and people selling you know spells and trinkets and all sorts of things so I think he starts to immediately see like whoa like be sort of overwhelmed with all of the possibility yep and so he comes across one stall and he you know stops and flirts with this girl who is like all of us if we saw Ben Barnes (sighs) just walking especially Shireen be like oh I think that would only be me if I saw Ben Barnes now (laughs) 
He's aged like fine wine. I'm sorry. This man has been like my OG celebrity crush since he was Prince Caspian. So you'll have to excuse me. Um, And then he, you know, has a bit of a conversation with her. She gives him a flower. Um, She says that it could cost the color of his hair or the color of his eyes or something like that. And so you get an idea of um, the type of story that you're about to get into. It's Mm -hmm. obviously one of magic. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bit of hanky-panky and canoodling going on there. Well, there definitely <laughs> is, because she basically is like, oh, it costs a kiss. So mm-hmm. they kiss. And then there's hanky-panky. And then immediately he's like, oh, I can't. Like, you know, he realizes she's trapped with the ugly old witch that she is sort she's of enslaved up. by. And she's yeah. chained, and it's like an enchantment, so she's not able to break free of it. And then he's like, I don't know if I can do anything for you. And she's like, yeah, you can. Yeah, basically. you can. All so, of us yeah. with Ben Barnes. So they have a little tryst, obviously. <laughs> and then he goes back home, and then... <laughs> <laughs> one, two, skip a few. Nine months later, a basket shows up at his door with a baby in it. And you're yeah. like, well, you reap what you sow. Yeah. So right? it's like, this is yours. Yeah. And then the story kind of fast forwards. Um, 18 in, years. In the book, none of that happens. It's all just about Tristan. Yeah. Who, um, anyway, so Tristan is the baby. Fast forward 18 years. He's like this kind of dorky. Um, you know, you just feel bad for the yeah. guy. Played um, by Charlie Cox, pre yes. his daredevil fame that he's achieved now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Charlie Cox. I think he's awesome mm-hmm. in like everything that I've seen him in. So yeah. I'm always, uh, so, and I think this was the first movie that I actually had seen him, ever, him, oh, him in ever. And I was just like, oh, I love this guy. He's yeah. great. And so I'm really glad that now he's gotten a little bit more recognition. He's super cute. Yeah. Um, he's a shop boy. So he works in a shop and it's like one of these very like old, Tiny, old tiny fantasy villages, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he's in love with this girl Victoria, who's like you know the worst. She is the worst. But you have to put yourself in Tristan's shoes. He lives in a very tiny town. He's never known anything. He doesn't know about you know beyond the wall. Like I don't think his dad's ever told him about this. No. Um. He just lives with his dad. In the book, he lives with his dad and and other family members. Um. And uh, through his discussions with Victoria, who's the worst, he wants to marry her, but uh, she's kind of airheaded and pigheaded. She's just that, she is that girl who basically, uh, you know, has like a guy who's like a friend or whatever, and she flirts with him all the time and leads him on. Mm. And then she's just like, oh, you're such a good friend. And she dates the football player. Like, that's the kind of girl that she is. (laughs) And the football player in this setting, which we realized, is Henry Cavill. So he's not actually a football player. He's like, you know, like your your hoity-toity asshole. Your hoity-toity asshole named Humphrey. (laughs) Named Humphrey. (laughs) So he wouldn't Um, be a hoity-toity asshole. And uh, Megan and I both squealed when we realized that it was Henry. I forgot. He's got blonde hair and a mustache in this. Oh, yeah. His mustache is terrible. It looks like a weird little caterpillar. It does. It's very funny because, yeah, it's... It's just, it reminded me, I was like, wow, do you remember when Henry Cavill wasn't top billed in a film? Like, do you remember when he wasn't the main character? I know. This is pre-Witcher days, but oh boy, do we all like a bit of Henry It's pre-Superman, it's pre-everything, right? So they're just, nobody would have necessarily bat an eyelash at that. Now we'd think about it, but anyway. (laughs) Anyway, it's, it's Humphrey. Humphrey's kind of an asshole. You know, he thinks obviously he's like the fanciest man in town. So he wants to marry Victoria too, because I'm sure there's only like three eligible girls in this whole fucking village. So, so. So they have uh, a little bit of a fight about it very briefly. And obviously Henry uh, Humphrey kicks his ass. Henry, sorry. (laughs) It starts with an H. Um, Humphrey kicks, you know, Tristan's Tristan's butt. And then he goes home all sad and puts meat on his face to help with the swelling. (laughs) Is that still a thing that people do? I don't know. It happened in Harry Potter too with Hagrid. Oh, you're right. That's true. With the dragon stake. 
Um, and so his, you know, Tristan's dad, will, you know, you got to give the guy credit where credit's due. Like, he is trying his best for his son. Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, he tells Tristan, like, you know, you've got to, you've got to, like, keep your chin up. you got to try again. You know, you're not just a shop boy, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, side note, Victoria got him fired from his job yeah, because well, she's the also, worst. It's also him being making stupid decisions. Right. You know, she comes into the shop. She basically elbows people out of the way who yeah. are waiting in line and is like, I want this. I want this. And he's like, okay. And he just drops everything <laughs> to help her. So, of course, his boss is like, no, get out of here. No, get out of here. So, um... Yeah, so his dad's trying to, like, kind of tell him, keep your chin up. So Tristan, like, buys this whole lovely picnic for her with candles and champagne and all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, and makes a fire hazard because he, like, sticks the candles in the tree. (laughs) And he can, like, convince her to come out. And they're sitting there, and they're just sitting on the branches melting. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are going to catch fire. Such a big fire hazard in, like, a field of hay, I might add. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Um, And so, you know, then this whole, like, cute conversation ensues where, like, Tristan Tristan's basically telling her that he would go to the ends of the earth for his hand for her hand in marriage and while this is happening um way up in the clouds in Stormhold uh the king of Stormhold is um dying and he just he he who is it Peter O'Toole who plays yes, the king he, he also, looks like he's just mildly inconvenienced by this situation yeah I know he's like oh well I'm I'm dying, I'm dying. And he kind of shrugs about it almost yeah. and you're like that's weird yeah so he's called all of his remaining sons who are still alive to the castle so that they can have a chat with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm pretty much about to die. Um, one of you is going to be king. And just like I did with my 12 brothers, I think he says, you should all uh, just fight kill e- to the death. Fight to the death. Kill each other till there's only one of you left. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, whoever's left, I guess you'll be king. So, ta da, here we go. And, and um, because apparently these guys are like Targaryens. <laughs> Um, there's this great little like peanut gallery thing that goes on with this because um, all the brothers who have been murdered so far, oh, right. their um, I guess their celestial bodies <laughs> remain in the background where they're all kind of chilling together and like watching what's happening. And in the until f- and they look like whatever the particular injury or something, whatever death it was happened. that killed them, like whatever particular whatever in particular killed them. Like one of them, I guess, was like frozen to death, so he just looks like he's got really bad frostbite. Yeah. One of them's got an axe in his head. Yeah. Um, and then, so then, yeah, it's one, two, three, four of them. Yep. They're all named after the order in which they were born. Yeah, so you've got like Primus, Secundus, Tertius. Um, and then I think it's like Quartius or something. Anyway, whatever. Quintus. Four, five, four, five, and six are dead. Yeah. Sextus and then Septimus, who's Mark Strong, who's yep. the youngest. He's the youngest and the biggest piece of shit of all of them. Yeah. Um, and so this is all happening. And then the king is like, he mentions Una, their sister. And he goes, where's Una? And they're like, well, we haven't seen her in years. And that kind of gets left there. Yeah. Um, and like, so, pay attention, it'll come back. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. And then the king is like, well, y'all need to fight, and the first person who gets this giant, big-ass ruby that I've been wearing around my neck, you can you can be king. Oh, yeah, so he so takes, he takes it, it, and he flings it out the window. Into and it, the sky. Into the sky, and it goes, and this is where the star comes in. Yes, so, so what it seems to have done is it 
knocks the star out of the sky. So then it creates basically what what's like a falling star or a shooting star that then becomes a falling star out of the sky. And everybody's like, oh, aha, that is where the necklace is. So of course they immediately start trying to kill each other like right away. One of them gets pushed out off the balcony up there immediately and dies right away. I think it's Secundus. Yeah. And then the remaining three are like, I'm gonna get there first basically. And they all wander off to make their little plans. Um, and so then cut back to Meanwhile, yeah. Tristan with uh, Victoria and they see the star from the fall from the sky yeah. and she's just said that Humphrey, so Henry Cavill, is oh, going yes. all the way to Ipswich to get her a ring. And like, you know, Ipswich, if you're from England and no shade to anybody in England, but you know, it's like, like, that's always the joke that gets brought out. It's like, you know, the furthest I can go is Ipswich, Love. you know, because it's no, nowhere very exotic. <laughs> and so, um, so Tristan says, I will get you the star to show you how much I yeah. am devoted to you. So she tells him, fine, you have one week and they have some sort of like arrangement. So. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, bring me the star for my birthday. Like by the time my birthday rolls around, if you're able to do that, then yeah, sure. I'll marry you. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, cause, and I think she just assumes that it'll never happen. So she treats it as some sort of like a lark, you know, yeah. she thinks he's just going to go off or pretend to go off and then not really accomplish anything but he's incredibly determined right so he's like okay I'm going so he basically sets off in search of this star at the same time as other things are going on so then the star falls out of the sky meanwhile uh, we head over Aww. to a dark creepy castle yep. where three um, old ass witches <laughs> are sit- like the sisters basically are hanging out and they see a star fall from the sky and they get really excited yeah and you're like oh what's going on here like they're they're hella old um, oh my these, god like, these witches they're falling apart and, like to the point where they make reference of like something that happened 200 years ago yeah and you're kind of like okay so that's not even a fraction of how old y'all are um and we find out that the that witches in general they can eat the heart of a star to give them um immortal life and i think i think that's the rule for everybody in this story is anybody who eats the heart of a star yeah can remain young um for a certain amount of time because you know you gotta like eat pieces it wears off eventually but yeah it does give them an extended life and extended youth and beauty etc etc basically so of course the witches are determined to go get this they have a little piece of um the last star that they killed remaining uh so the main witch lamia who's played by michelle pfeiffer Pfeiffer, who's like such a fucking babe in this movie (laughs) she eats the last bit she gets all young and hot again and then she's like okay i'm gonna head out there because there was only enough left for her i'm gonna head out there and i'm gonna find um the star and then we're gonna bring her back here we're gonna kill her we're gonna eat her heart and then we will all be young again for i don't know however long it lasts when you have the whole thing yeah so her and her three sisters they're all happy so there's basically it's very hocus pocus three parties now who are off out to find this star and so Tristan um sets out and he goes towards wall and he's like right I'll just walk across this wall well this elderly guard is there, oh my the God, same yeah. one who was there when his father was gonna cross the wall and he's like no I don't think so mister not this time not buddy. this time so they spar <laughs> Yes, he's 97 years old. He knocks Tristan on his ass. And then Tristan goes home with his tail between his legs and his dad gives him, like then reveals to him everything that happened with his mom and like all that fun stuff. He's so funny because he's like, I have a mother. You're like, how else would you exist? (laughs) She birthed you, bro. Um, And he gives him a Babylon candle, which Tristan calls a bubbling candle. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Side note, in the book, none of this happens. Well, like, you know, the 
I think the the stormhold thing happens. Um, yeah, but I not think they're all quite fighting. to this extent. Yeah, um, and also like Tristan kind of sets out for the star by himself, and also there's no like like crazy 97 year old guard at the wall like they're just kind of there to be like yo do you really want to go across it's a bad this idea. wall like you don't want it's to not about it's not a great idea yeah. um and then like tristan ends up across the wall and then it's very much like a fairy tale where he's got like he meets a traveler they go into the woods um there's a lot of this happening so so it's it's very different mm-hmm. i would say that the movie is a lot more epic than the book uh yeah i guess it's got a lot more actiony adventure kinds of things so tristan does um get the babylon candle from his dad which is basically he's like yeah you just need to light it and think mm. about where you want to go mm-hmm. and it will take you like where you'd like to be so Tristan uh, tristan's like cool meant to be thinking of his mom yeah. But he ends up thinking about Victoria and the star, and lo and behold, he ends up, um, you know, being hurtled face first into the star. The star. Who has landed. She got smashed out of the sky when this giant ass necklace hit her in the head, basically, and knocked her out of the sky. Um, her name is Yvaine, mm-hmm. and she's played by Claire Danes. Oh, Very well. Beautifully so well. well done. <laughs> um, takes Tristan a hot minute to realize that the star is, in fact, a person. Yeah, she walks him through that real slowly, and he's so surprised. <laughs> when yeah. he finds out he's like oh like he does such a good job of being like a little bit like dorky oh yeah um and so then they set off and she's like fine i'll come with you as i mean as- okay he attaches her with that That's magic right. chain thing she doesn't really have much of a choice and she's got a really badly like twisted ankle i think yeah. from when she fell. fell yeah so um so they set off together um he promises that once he brings her to victoria for her birthday that he will um, let Yvain back into the sky yeah. using the rest of the Babylon candle. Um, so, you know, they kind of travel along and then they, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the background and uh, they get to this inn that was crafted by, um, oh, what's her name? Lamia. 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 Lamia oh my God. Witch. Yeah, because she is, she's at like a crossroads and she's looking for like where the star might be she's trying to follow these runes that she has and she's like okay i'm not finding this girl what's happening and her sisters are checking stuff back at home at the same time oh yeah there's a lot of like animal like entrails being used oh my god yeah they cut a a lot of stuff open to check it and i'm like ew that's gross they do it to a ferret they do it to a little alligator at one point i felt really bad anyway and they've got all these other animals in cages so they're like oh so her sisters check and they're like oh no 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 they're um she's on her way to you so you need to stay right here so she grabs um a boy working on a farm <laughs> Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> and then the goat that he has on that farm um she first turns bernard also into a goat and then she just takes them with her to like pull her carriage mm. thing that she's got then when they, they get to the crossroads she makes them both human so the goat becomes a person um yeah and the the actor who played arthur weasley in the harry potter movies he does is such the goat. a good job at acting to be a human who was previously a goat it was great yeah he has no lines but it's very no, funny it's really funny and his name's billy because like a billy goat. A billy goat <laughs> um <laughs> and so like she creates this in she uses a ton of magic um anytime she uses magic she ages so like yeah like the star that she's consumed starts to wear off that's basically. right so she's got very limited amounts of magic so she puts like a, a ton of effort into this in to make it welcoming because she wants to make the star shine and feel comfortable yeah um and meanwhile um what's his name secundus shows up 
no, no, Septimus. It's not Septimus. Se- is it Septimus? Yeah, but his brother. Oh, Primus. Primary. Sorry. The Sorry. first one. The yeah. oldest brother is Primus. So basically the only two princes that are left are the oldest and the youngest. Right. So the so first Primus and the seventh. Primus yeah. So Primus shows up. Um, he's having a bubbled bath, enjoying his life. And um, Lamia is really kind of pissed off because she's like, Kate, I don't need you here. Well, she was about to kill star. the star. She, so, you know, because they had, like, his basically, oh, right, we skipped over a whole thing because what? Tristan tries to go off to, I think, find food or whatever. And he ties uh, Evane to a tree. Yes. And he's like, yeah, I'll be back. Um, and then a, 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 unicorn a, a Deus Ex unicorn shows yeah. up to set her free um, because, you know, unicorns are all, almost always, I think, really good creatures in films and in books and mm. fantasy and things like that. And if you go by Harry Potter rules, you can never kill a unicorn because yeah, it's, it's the like worst the thing worst. ever. Um, so, yeah. So all that happens. They're at the inn. Um, Pr- uh, Primus shows up. Uh, Lamia is pissed off. She kills Primus. And this is the first time that you see the whole, the little play that they've got on things because, of course, they're princes, so they're blue bloods. Yes. So their blood is blue when they die. (laughs) It's quite funny. (laughs) And then Primus uh, inevitably shows up in the menagerie in the background. um, Yeah. Peanut gallery. The ghost versions of the dead princes keep on following everything around because I think they're just following the remaining brothers around, basically. Um, and, uh, Tristan and Yvane managed to escape by using the Babylon candle, which they hadn't wanted to, but it was, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, and he says to her, think of home. And so they both end up thinking of their own home. Right. So they end up halfway between. Now in the book, what actually happens is that the inn is on like a high hilltop and so they take the Babylon candle and it's a, a more of a situation of like it makes your your strides much longer mm. when you've lit the candle. So the strides that they take end up bringing them to the clouds, like rain yeah. clouds. Yeah, I don't know. in this case, it's that's it. They were both thinking of home at the same time. They held the candle and so they wind up just basically sitting on a cloud for a minute and having an argument about <laughs> whose right. home they were meant to be going to in the first place. And that's when Captain Shakespeare and his crew show up. Yeah, um, so these guys who have a boat in the sky that right. flies and that collects catch, lightning. Yeah, they catch lightning. Yeah, and then they sell it. So that's interesting. I guess it's like an energy source of some sort. I'm sure. But it, it seems like be. some black market shit that they're doing. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not legit. Um, and Captain Shakespeare and his crew are like these like air pirates who are yeah. very like scary and they've got a very, um, you know piratey reputation you know yeah, like everything like a, that's associated with a pirate that's a very fearsome pirate reputation but of course they're super fun and captain shakespeare's played by robert de niro oh, in like one of, one of my favorite roles of his because it's so different from everything else that he does <laughs> there's just nothing there's nothing that's the same at no, all he's so good um, and then there's like this whole scene where he's pretending to throw Tristan overboard, um, <laughs> mostly for the entertainment of his crew. Yeah. And then he pretends to have his way with Evane, um, but then you know, obviously Tristan wasn't thrown overboard. You find out that Captain Shakespeare um, has this like secret personality, which is his true personality, yeah. uh, where he um, is very kind, very gentle. Um, he uh, likes to dress up in women's clothing. Yeah, um, I'm pre- I think he's gay. I think that I think it's insinuated that yeah. he's gay. Um, I f- feel like they 
did this quite well, but it could have been, you know, it could have been a bit controversial if it, if it had come out now, but probably it, it was, I think, intended to be harmless the way that, but again, you know, a lot of these things are intended to be harmless. Uh, and then they <laughs> seem a little wonky. It, yeah. it, it hasn't aged terribly. Like you right. still, you're still like, no, okay, the character's not over the top or yeah. um, insulting, Offensive. I don't think, yeah. or insulting. And I don't think that it was meant to be that way either. So at least that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but so he, you know, takes them, and he starts helping them a bit but of course with the crew he's still pretending that you know he's like oh yeah I killed this one and I'm gonna have my way with this girl blah 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 yeah. blah but it's not true it's at not all it's not true and they you know you, you get the feel that the crew knows very well like what's happening especially the first actually like the first said, mate yeah the first mate? so but nobody just nobody says anything yeah so like, he whatever. so basically like you know they he gives Tristan like a makeover and then <laughs> yeah. has him be on board the ship and pretends that he's his nephew or whatever who's going to be with them and that like oh yes and here's a vein to yeah. keep you company wink wink for yeah, like the remainder like, of the voyage and they get all they're they're very funny about it because the guys are all like yar and Tristan's like oh yes yes arr. Arr. <laughs> Um, there's a really funny scene with Ricky Gervais. Um, yeah, because they go handling. to. That's true. They go yeah. to sell the lightning. Yeah, and to Ricky him. Gervais. It, apparently, apparently, he improvised the line that he uses later with um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character yeah. Lamia when he says that he can get you a two-headed dog, one that can look out the front door and one can, that can look out the back door because you can guard both entrances yeah. at once. Apparently, he ad-libbed that. Oh, did he? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, so yeah, Ricky Gervais's character is very briefly in the story, um, but he's really good. He's funny. Um, in the book, Captain Shakespeare has like a page and a half uh, of yeah. story time. So he's actually not a big part of the story, but in the movie, um, he is a big part of, you know, Tristan kind of coming of age, if you will, like becoming a lot more confident. Becoming his own person, he, kind of, you know. He teaches him how to sword fight. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, teaches Yvain how to dance. They dance together. They fall in love. It's cute. It's very cute. And she's um, she's becoming happier and happier. So, of course, she is glowing, glowing because that's what stars do. They shine. They glow. Yeah. And the happier that she is, the more content she is, the more likely she is to glow. So. Exactly. And so... Um, it's like Tristan doesn't seem to realize that he's in love with her yet. She realizes that she's in love with him. Yes. As they're disembarking the ship, uh, the captain says to Tristan, like, hey, ma'am, like, are you sure you're not in love with this chick? Um, uh, yeah, because apparently, because sometimes Tristan needs somebody, something to be pointed out to him in an incredibly obvious manner. So, like a man. Like a man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bazinga. Yeah. Um, so then they continue to walk a little bit. You can see they're having banter, um, Tristan and Yvain. Um, Lamia's continuing to look for them. She's getting increasingly pissed off. And old looking because she keeps using her magic so slowly but surely. Yeah. They did such a great job with the makeup because it slowly deteriorates yeah. every time you see her because she keeps doing more. <laughs> That's right. Um, Septimus is getting increasingly pissed off as well because he's looking for this um, stone, like the necklace. Yeah. That's around Yvain's neck because, again, even though all of his brothers are dead, he's not king until he finds until this stone. Until he has this stone because it's basically, it's this giant sort of diamond type of mm-hmm. situation. And when the next member of the bloodline, whoever mm-hmm. that is, in this case, the next available member would be Septimus. Obviously, he's the only brother that's left picks it up, um, it will turn blood red, like ruby yeah. red, basically, and that signifies that he's now king. That's right. how it works. Exactly. Um, and then there's this 
a great scene where, um, you know, flashback to the start of the movie, the witch with her um, slave in captivity, Una. Oh, yeah, Ditchwater Sal. Ditchwater Sal. <laughs> That's a great name. Um, so this girl was the one who was uh, who had hanky-panky with Tristan's dad. Yeah. Um, they show up, um, but... Ditchwater Sal, the witch, had come into contact with um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, who is, there's some sort of witch hierarchy that's not really explained in the movie, but um, it's argued, you could argue that, I guess, I'm assuming that Michelle Pfeiffer and her two sisters are like witch royalty. Yeah, I wish we had gotten, it would have been fun even to get a little bit more backstory about that, because as soon as Ditchwater Sal realizes who she is, she's like, oh, my my queen, or whatever she is. Oh, dark one. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, like, insult you or do anything like that um so she I won't go after curse. the star no she doesn't say oh yeah she says that yeah. but then but then um she puts a curse on her and says you will not see the star hear it touch it so Ditchwater Sal is not able to see Yvaine at any point yeah at any point but they do come across Tristan and Yvaine and Ditchwater Sal sees the flower that Tristan's wearing which is the one that his mother had given his father 18 years ago. Which offers protection Which to offers you. protection, but he doesn't know this. And so he gives her the flower um, for safe passage to uh, the market yeah. that's by wall. And so she uh, turns him into a mouse and puts him in a cage, And but she can't see Yvain. So Yvain gets into the trailer as well mm-hmm. um, and spends the whole journey telling Tristan how much she loves Basically him. Basically that she's totally in love with him. Um, and and then they get to the town, the small town next to the slaughtered prince inn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she releases Tristan. She turns him back into a man and, you know, turns out he could understand Yvain the whole time. And it's very sweet and yes. they're in love. And then they get all cute and they spend the night together and stuff. Yeah, and then the next morning, Tristan's like, oh, it's Victoria's birthday. I'm going to go, you know. And just like a guy leaves them the stupidest message, he goes downstairs and tells the innkeeper who's there, like, hey, just give give the girl that I'm with a message when she wakes up. She gets up, she goes downstairs, and the innkeeper's like, oh, yes, he's... um, he told me to tell you that he's gone back home because he's found his one true love and he doesn't want to lie about that. Right. And you're like, could you have phrased that in a different <laughs> way? Because he said, because you said you're going to see Victoria. Don't you think that she's going to infer that that means you're going to see Victoria to tell her that you love her? Like the stupidest. Obviously And not. it's just, I know it's purposeful miscommunication, but it's so annoying when this happens. <laughs> Every time I watch a movie and this happens, I'm like, oh, this is dumb. Just speak to each other properly. Totally. totally. Um, so, um, None of this actually happens in the book. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's very different. There's a lot more elaboration on the actual um, world. Um, there is obviously like Tristan and Yvaine falling in love, but it's very different to what's happening in yeah. the movie. Um, and so Tristan goes off back to the town of Wall. He goes and tells Victoria basically to shove it. Um, he's taken... <laughs> he dips he's, her and then he drops her. <laughs> yeah, he's taken a piece of Victoria... Um, of Yvain's hair just to say, like, here, I did bring you this as a token on your birthday. Yes. Um, and Humphrey shows up, Henry Cavill, which I mentioned to Megan. Oh, my God, They yeah. keep making Henry Cavill stand, like, way far off from Tristan because I'm assuming that he's, he's bigger much taller. And, taller. Um, and so it's, like, to make him look smaller. So, obviously, um, Tristan has much better sword skills at this point. Yeah. And Humphrey's like, oh, yeah, so, oh, okay. Mm, never mm, mind. Never mind. You can't just, just, it's so funny because it's 
just things that must have been kind of fun because you can't get away with it now. Yeah. Because no one would believe it. No. Now. Everybody would be like, that's dumb. That's but dumb. you could still get away with that in 2007. Yeah, so when nobody fine. knew who Henry Cavill was, not, apparently. Not in any major kind of way. Yeah. I did, but yeah. not in any major kind of way, which, so it's fun. It's a fun, different kind of like role and different, even though he's only there for a couple of scenes, it's just funny to see him be like, just like, a little bit pitiful. I know, because you're like, oh, you and The Witcher, my friend, <laughs> the assets. Let me tell you. I have, yeah, I've I've had like a crush on Henry Cavill for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. So since I watched that that adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo with what's his name, Jim Caviezel, he plays his son, son in yeah. that. And I like the minute I saw him, I was like, wow, he's really cute. And I yeah. think I've liked him ever since. Yeah, <laughs> but also the fact that he's like a big nerd in real life just oh, makes him yeah. that much. Better. and seems to genuinely be like a really nice I know. person like that in itself just meant anyway okay this could be a whole podcast we're not about here to henry simp cavill. about henry cavill but uh. we appreciate <laughs> seeing him do something slightly different than anything he yeah. would be able to accomplish now, now just based on his notoriety exactly and size and size uh, <laughs> so so um uh, Tristan's given Victoria this piece of Evane's hair, and when Victoria opens it, she goes, what's this? It's just a handful of stardust. Yes, and so then we realize that because across the wall where they've been this whole time is like the magical world, if you cross back into the human realm, um, Evane will physically turn into like a big rock, basically. Into a big pile of rocks. Yeah. And so, um, she's, Evane's all depressed because she thinks that Tristan's left her, so she's walking through the market like kind of moping yes. um and the woman who's Tristan's mom sees her and is like whoa 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 yo 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 and trying to catch up with her but she can't because she's um attached to the trailer with this um magical chain Ditchwater Around Sal her, is yeah. asleep so she takes it and just takes the whole trailer the whole and, like, trailer which included um the all, witch and rides it very quickly all the way to the wall she stops Evane just before she gets over and she's like no if you go over you'll if you die. step over that you'll die don't do that and um meanwhile Ditchwater Sal's really pissed off she comes out of the trailer and um Lamia shows up at the exact same moment yes. and does Septimus show up at the same mo- no he doesn't he shows no. up after he shows up after yeah. So then there's like the showdown between the two witches. Um, Ditchwater Sal loses her head. Yeah, she dies. Um, and then uh, her slave girl is freed. For a minute. For a minute, only to be enslaved again. And um, and Lamia takes them both with her and she's like, hey, let's go back to my creepy castle situation. And I'm just repeating the verbiage that they use in the movie in terms of, you know, calling her a slave girl. Um, oh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's fine. Yeah. She's, she takes her, like, that's it. She takes her to be... In captivity. She enslaves her, which she does because she has an an unbreakable chain around her wrist. Exactly. And so then she carts them off uh, to her big castle where her two sisters are and gets ready to uh, carve Yvain's heart out. Um, Her heart is broken because she thinks that Tristan has left her. And so uh, they go to this big castle uh, and then Septimus and Tristan are both like racing to the castle as well because they're trying to save well, her well save her but Septimus wants to kill her because he wants her heart as well does he want her heart or does he still want the stupid necklace he wants both because he's like oh, oh right. if if I can have like you know her heart then I'm gonna be king forever yeah okay that's true and so they um they end up at the castle Tristan and Septimus, they're kind of like, okay, let's go in together. And Tristan just lets Septimus, like, just deal with it. Oh, He's my like, God, good yeah. luck. 
He goes in there and, okay, so this is the kind of point where things start coming together. So they pop right in. They both go after the witches to try and do something with them. Tristan goes after the the smaller of the two sisters, like the short sister. Mm. I don't remember what their names are. Do they even I'm, get names? I don't think they get They're names. just the other two sisters. Anyway, she goes after one of them. The other ones are up with... Um, with Yvain, who's like, you know, basically tied to a table because mm. they're going to cut her heart out. Mm. Septimus goes and attack, goes and attacks the girl, the servant girl, who we've gotten no name for this entire mm. time, who now, he knocks her into the bed, he's like about to stab her because he thinks she's one of the witches, and then he stops and he's like, hang on, <laughs> Una, and she's like, Septimus, and it turns out that she's their sister, Una, mm. who disappeared years and years and years ago, so she's actually a princess. So when she tells um, Tristan's dad, what's his name, Dunstan, I think, at the beginning mm. of the film, that... She was tricked by a witch, mm. and she's been enslaved this entire time. Mm. She wasn't lying. It's she actually lying. true. <laughs> she's absolutely true, but he doesn't believe her. Um, and so uh, there is an interesting moment with, like, a voodoo doll. Oh, my God, so fun. That is was filmed it, really, I thought it was filmed really well. It was really, well. really creepy. Yeah, it was really well filmed. Yes. Um, they had him drown in midair, which it was, was very cool. well done. Yeah, because Lamia, like, picks up this little voodoo doll because she's trying to stop Septimus before he gets up to them and does anything to try and kill the uh, the witches. One of them's dead. The one that Tristan was fighting mm. is dead. He's killed her. Uh, he did or somebody did? He did or Septimus no, did? No, Septimus did. Sorry, but Septimus then killed the, her. No, but Tristan kills the other... No, but after. that's after. Yeah, that's after. it's fine. Um, so <laughs> anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's okay. <laughs> he gets... So anyway, he's headed up... Septimus is headed up towards them and at this point, Tristan and Una are having this little whisper talk because she's like, yeah, hi, I'm your mom. So he's finally gotten to meet his mother for the first time. Yeah. Um, Septimus is trying to go kill the witches. The other two are hiding and do nothing to help, which is interesting. Not at all. Which is a choice, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and Lamia picks up this little clay voodoo doll thing. She breaks its arm. She breaks its leg and it breaks his arm and leg. So he has to like drag them with him. Yeah. And then she drops it into like a little puddle of water, which is so interesting because then basically he just, he drowns in midair. mid-air. Like it just, he goes through the same process that he would have if he were actually in water. It's really, it's really well shot anyway. It's interesting to look at. Yeah, and so he dies, and then he shows up in, in the the wall of dead princes. The wall of dead there. princes, and then they're all kind of looking looking at each other because they don't realize that Tristan is their nephew. No, they have no idea. Um, and so they're like, "So what? Are we just sitting here forever now? Like, great, like Shit. we hate each other, <laughs> yeah, because we all killed each other." Um, and uh, yeah, so there's like a big fight, you know, between Tristan. He's trying to free Evane. Um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, her her other sister. Tristan kills her by setting all these animals on her that have been in captivity oh, for the longest right. time. Yeah, they're all pissed because yeah. they keep seeing their, you know, other captive animals get their entrails, yeah. you know, removed basically while they're still alive. It's yeah. messed up. So yeah, so they attack her and I get, I can only, this movie is very PG, but I can only assume like tear her to shreds pretty yeah. much. So that's fine. Um, and then basically Lamia is the last one that's left. She puts on a big show <laughs> yeah, she where... Like, just yeah, they fight for a minute, and then she's like, and then, you know, when it looks like she's about to kill Tristan, she cuts Yvain free, and she's just like, oh, it's not even worth it anymore. You've killed my sisters. I don't have anything anymore. Just go. Just leave. And so they try to, and but then it turns out she's she, just fucking with she them. Is, she's doing it because she wants Yvain to get, like, really happy for a second. Oh, right. Um, because the whole point is that um, Yvain, is, her heart is 
basically only useful when she's happy yeah um and shining um and so with tristan showing up then she mended uh, then he mended her broken heart so it means that it's ripe for eating um and so she she is like psych and she shuts all the doors (laughs) yeah that's it smashing windows and shit and um and then Yvain has this brilliant idea where she's like I'm just gonna shine and like well because it's what she's been saying the whole time where she's like what do stars do shine and he's like and he's like haha and they've like made a joke out of it but then of course she finally is just like just hold on to me and close your eyes really tight and he's like what and she's like yeah stars shine so she shines probably with the brightness of an actual star right which then kills Lamia right ta-da there you go so the witch is dead and then there, <laughs> and it was funny because we were watching it, and I was like, "Why didn't she just do that from the beginning?" And Tristan's like, "Why didn't you just do that from the beginning?" And she's like, "Because I needed to be in love." To yeah, shine. that's it. She needed like, to be able to shine to that level, yeah. and I guess she wasn't happy, so she wasn't really able to. So la di da. Side note: in the book, um, because she falls in love with Tristan, her heart no longer belongs to her. Um, so it's actually Tristan's heart. And I was actually thinking that when I was watching uh, the movie yeah. even. I was like, wouldn't you have to kill Tristan at this point? Anyway. I guess so. But I don't really love that. So yeah. I'm okay that they kept it the way that they did. Yeah, um, so then we one, two, skip a few forward. And obviously, <laughs> so Tristan's realized he picked up that big ass rock from the necklace that the king had. Yeah. It turns red because since he's Una's son, he is the last male heir to the throne. Yeah. So then, yeah, we one, two, skip a few and he's king now, yep. which is interesting, which I feel would have been much more overwhelming than it was yeah totally like it it was really funny because it was like you're king now Tristan and then it's like Tristan is the king of Stormhold and like they're just in this like throne room with like thousands of people a bazillion people people. I get it's some sort of like coronation ceremony or something and everybody's everybody all the characters from the movie are there Um, yeah like Shakespeare's there with his crew (laughs) and then there's a second where um Captain Shakespeare so Robert De Niro um he he looks over at Humphrey who is Henry Cavill and they just kind of share a they have a little thing with each other and of course oh my god and of course Victoria is obviously just settled for Humphrey now because now she's like fuck I could have been with the king but I was dumb yeah um so now she's with Humphrey and she's like all annoyed because you're like oh so your husband's gay okay that's funny (laughs) it was it was a very cute little it was a cute little moment where you're like oh okay I see I see what the situation is um and yeah so then there's the narration comes back over oh we forgot to mention that the whole movie's narrated by Ian McKellen which is fun um because he's got a great voice for narration so Mm -hmm. why not um so yeah so then basically the movie ends with uh Tristan and Yvaine decide they ruled for something like 80 years and then when the time came and you know their children and their grandchildren were grown they decided they wanted to leave the earth so they lit the babylon candle and thought about her home basically and so they went up into the sky and they both became stars something like that in the book absolutely not what happens no Um, tristan just dies Well, like, he dies, and then the whole thing, like, there's not even, like, a big showdown with the witches. Um, Lamia's like, oh, Yvain's heart doesn't belong to her anymore, so I'm just gonna dip. So she just kind of leaves. Yeah. Um, and then Tristan and Yvain go off and do some adventures. So Yeah, like, they don't, they do rule eventually, but not for a number of years. I don't even know, yeah. So, I think it's, it's just interesting because the book is very much like one of your typical fairy tales the way that it's written it's very um almost I would say a little bit like the hobbit or like yeah hobbit kind of a little bit like it's got that kind of feel to it but 
the movie is a lot more epic and it's a lot more um, obviously adapted to be like a big blockbuster movie, uh, but it ended up being quite a different story. Yeah. Okay, well then, so there you go. So that ta- this takes us to the actual point in our conversation. Shireen, do you think the book was better or was the movie better? Um, I would have to say that because they're so different, it's hard to say. Um, but I will say that the fact that there was like just some really great moments with like Captain Shakespeare, with um, the characters in the movie, it was so well done. I have to say in this case, like, I really like the movie actually. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way. I'm going to have to say that in this instance, the movie was better. I feel like they maybe took the base idea, but then kind of expanded upon it and, you know, adapted it for a modern audience to a certain extent and added some additional sort of quirks and fun little things Mm. in there yeah they made it a little bit I guess of like a happier ending to a certain extent as well which you kind of a Hollywood audience sort of expects anyway but there is something just really enjoyable I guess about the the whole all of the characters about the way that they like took the story and the way Mm. that they let things play out um throughout the course of the film and it was just it's just really fun it's not really a movie that you get tired of yeah agree yeah i i've seen this movie a number of times and it's just just so much fun every time i don't think there's ever yeah i just don't think there's a time to to get tired of it so we love it and i think we're just going to continue to watch it (laughs) yes we are (laughs) but what do you guys think of stardust uh do you really enjoy it do you actually like the book better are you like more of a purist do you prefer that it stay closer to the actual book itself the source material you can let us know over on Instagram at Fully Booked CA. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash group slash book was way better. Um, if you have a couple of minutes, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. Wherever you're listening to this episode, it really helps us out um, and helps us get the show in front of more people. But other than that, until next time, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Oh, my God.